So I'll start in three, two, one. <gasps> What's going on, guys? <laughs> I'll try oh, that what again. Stuff. Greed, deception, abuse of power, that's no plan. I'm the enemy. Can stop me. I'll start. I'll, I'll do it again. What's going on, guys? My name is Elden Nero, and welcome to episode. Fuck. What are we on? Eighty-eight. Is it eighty-eight? I, I thought it was. Say eighty-eight. I was about to say seventy-eight. Jesus. No, I'm pretty sure last week you said uh, eighty-seven. Uh, wow, we're that close to a hundred, huh? Elden Nonte. Let's do a look. Surprising. I yeah, 87 last week. Whoa, Terrifying this is, mysteries. This is 88. Um, that's that's crazy. All right, so welcome to episode 88 of the Midnight Hour. I'm joined today by Jack. Hi. Hello. How and are we doing? Today we're going to discuss his topic. He came up with it. Message me yeah, about I it this morning. Yeah, came up with it all by myself. And uh, so we're going to talk about. Let me just get this straight. Let me just read the message. The good things that Hitler did. Okay. <laughs> It's right. going to be a long episode. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, we're going to talk about lies, damned lies, and statistics, as Marilyn Monroe once famously said. If you can't yes, handle me yes. at my statistics, you don't deserve me at my lies. Uh, <laughs> no, it was, of course, Einstein who said, no, just kidding. Ha! I fooled you again. It was Mark Twain. <laughs> I've been bamboozled. You have, yeah. Um, Mark Twain is just an absolute quote machine. And um, I respect that. I, I think he's an amazing thinker. And um, as yeah. we'll find out in this episode, none of them are actually attributed to him. <laughs> Mark Twain has the rare distinction of being the only guy that's ever actually accurately quoted. <laughs> Unlike, yeah, I believe he has the rare distinction of having been the only person to have actually ever said anything. Yeah, that's true too. Because <laughs> I know I never say anything useful or helpful. You once said, I've been not Jack. Yes, I've been Jack. And uh, that was a great moment. Yeah, in the yeah that was. I think, I think that was the moment that a little bit of me died. <laughs> um. That was so funny. <laughs> I just, I don't know what you were trying to do. And that's what makes me laugh so much. I, 
<laughs> I have no idea. Like part of me died and it folded up inside itself and then came out of my mouth and that was just all that there was. Yeah, yeah, it is it is definitely interesting. Um so hey, check out the subreddit, you guys. Yeah. Um I should probably post but I should probably use a different account because God knows none of you should see anything that I post about normally. It's all the stuff that Hitler did that was good. It was good, yeah. <laughs> it's funny, like, all, all the threads you've started are stuff like, did you know it was the Nazis who uh, found out that smoking was really bad for you? <laughs> stuff like that. Just saying, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, influence anyone's opinion here. Just saying, you know, we should keep that in mind. Yeah. No, but the Nazis did some bad stuff. They, uh... They did do some bad stuff, yeah, that is... <laughs> I believe that is that is a true fact. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. We, we come... Not the only, only with true statistics. facts that will be included in this episode. <laughs> yeah. It is funny how many facts we've probably made up while, like, really powering ourselves as a fact machine and, like, a bullshit, yeah. like, deducing or uh, bullshit detecting machine. Like, we think we're great at being like, actually... But in fact, we probably say lots of made-up shit. I'd say. Um, so I, I would say that. I mean, there are some Russell Crowe facts out there that are <laughs> on the border of being true. They are entirely true. Well, it's not provable that they're false. So that's the. No, I mean, on the internet, if you say it on the internet, that does mean it's real. Yeah. yeah. That is completely a fact usually if it's a black and white picture of some nice scenery and there's a quote with a name attributed to it it's definitely true that's sort of how the internet works oh well, yeah that's exactly how the internet works my personal favorite is um if it's a picture of taylor swift and it's a quote attributed to taylor swift it's definitely what she said and definitely not a quote from hitler <laughs> I love because that was a thing on Pinterest for a while. I love the, the you. You're the second person in two podcasts to mention Pinterest to me, and I will be honest, it's a thing that I occasionally come across when I'm looking for pictures of things that I want, and it never lets me look at the picture. It's always like, sign up to Pinterest, sign in, yeah, and I'm like, no. So yeah, no, that's fair. That's yeah, I don't blame you. Were you also looking for? pictures of lady gaga cradling a pigeon i made all of that up we're off to an absolute sterling start with the lies yeah <laughs> just sets the tone for the rest of this podcast yeah it's it's been a pretty good start i will say though seriously have a look at the subreddit i know reddit's not for everyone certainly not for me if you look at my thing there's only one subreddit that i ever post on and that is the midnight hour which yeah is relevant it's all shit posts. It's all shit posts. Yeah, every single one of them is me uh, slagging myself off under, <laughs> the, under an alias. Um, yeah, Eldenaro Nante. Eldenaro Nante. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, check out subreddit. I like it. I'm very active on there. I love reading the comments on there. Um, I should also, be more active. You should be. Yeah, you should be. Um, yeah. Check out our merch. Go buy some Midnight Hour merch because oh, shit. that's a thing that uh, a lot of people did at Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> um, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> okay. Uh, a lot of people at Christmas bought merch. That was good. Um, that was nice. Do do more of that stuff. Do do more, do more of the giving money. Yeah, it's, com it's coming into summer now. It's not care. all black. We've got white t-shirts. There's grey hoodies <laughs> on there. Um, you know, duvet covers, stuff like that. Um, 
So, uh, shall we move on to the topic, or have we got any more shite talk to get out of the way? Um, I, I think this entire podcast is going to be shite talk, really. Yeah. That's all it's ever been, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, there's a fairly... So, boldly suggesting there that this podcast is anything but shit talk. What I especially love is that you came up with a topic, you messaged me, I was like, yes, let's do that. Then we started the call, the first time we've spoken since last week. We have no idea what we're going to actually start with, but we're like, uh, yeah, let's start. So, um, I believe the phrase you used was, I could talk for hours about this. <laughs> yeah. Let's start. That was just a statistic. You can't <laughs> believe everything I say. Um, no, do you, you have a... You said it now. Yeah, that's true, which makes it true, absolutely, yeah. So then it must be true. If I said it and it's true, then it's a true yeah. thing. Yeah, exactly. It's I, a true fact. Man, the whole, like, just somebody incessantly repeating the word fake news, which is two words, not one word, the term fake news, and yeah. sort of raining it down upon the zeitgeist of the mass media that we consume. I feel like it's confused everybody in a really weird way where like you see something that's like a minor discrepancy and you're like ah fake news fuck this i knew it you flip your table yeah. over you walk and like it, it's not even it's like there's a room full of people and you break in and you're like don't panic nobody panic everything is under control that's what the fake news phenomenon seems like i feel like it's just just you enter a term into the mainstream and it yeah. becomes a thing and people it's... lose their shit it's been absolutely and completely bastardized, and it's just so bizarre. Like, I can't. I also can't believe that hand in hand with obviously fake news being brought about as a phrase is that false news on Facebook and stuff like that is now a massive problem as well, where people just fucking believe anything they read. That's when I first. Um, <sighs> that's when I first started talking about fake news, and I actually did a podcast about it with a journalist, and I was like, mm. "All right, this fake news is a real problem." Um, you see people believing that, that that Kanye West is a bad person, but but then a few months passed and it was like this fake news is a real problem. You see people thinking that Donald <laughs> Trump is a good person, or stuff like that. Um, but yeah, no, it, it has gotten a lot more, you know, serious. It's gotten so bad. Like there are there are new there are there are adverts warning and explaining how to avoid false news, not fake news, false news. Yeah. In the news, in the free newspapers they give out on the trains to, into central London. You know those adverts are paid like... for by Mark Zuckerberg as well. Fuck's sake. Yeah. It's like... That annoys me so you, much. Why don't you spend money on stopping the thing <laughs> that's doing the thing, you fucking it's... goofball. Um, did you have a, a vision in mind of... Uh, like, specifically what kind of context you wanted to talk about statistics to start off with? Or... I've... I've always absolutely adored telling people one statistic. Um, uh, what I never mention is that it's from uh, 1993, so it's, it's quite badly outdated at this point. This is Bill Bryce. Statistic might, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this, this might always actually be older than me, but it's the one about more people dying from bedding-related incidences a year than getting killed by sharks. Yeah, I would say it's absolutely true, and I'd say it's probably, like, the statistic is probably even bigger now than it was before. Yeah, it's probably even more true than it was then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I reckon it is. There's um, an interesting thing about statistics is, like, 
I can see every single different argument about them. Like, if a statistic supports my argument, I'm like, look at this statistic right here. <laughs> but if it supports someone else's and they're showing it to me, I'm like, yeah, well, let's have a look at the data here. Where was this survey taken? Who's responsible for this statistic? Who polled this and stuff like that? And um, it's like a it's like a legitimate flaw in the human brain, I think, just the way that we examine statistics and, and the way mm. that we sort of take them in um i guess we should start off by saying statistics is defined as a branch of mathematics dealing with the collection analysis interpretation and presentation of masses of numerical data so if you didn't know what statistics were before i bet you you really know now you can't be a good you can't be yeah. a good definition to start yeah. things off so the reason i want to talk about statistics statistics or the reason that uh, I thought about it in general was because I deal with a lot of football based statistics at work um, as my it's just part of the nature of my job and sifting through the complete crap uh, in the world of statistics is incredibly difficult so a player like uh, N'Golo Kante he's had a good season in the Premier League to say the least uh, PFA player of the year football writers association player of the year uh, arguably helped one of the, you know one of the main catalysts of helping turn Chelsea around from last season. Yeah. Look at the statistics, and he ranks in the top three for a couple of things, but does not rate uh, rank highly compared to some absolutely ridiculous players that you would have never have thought of. So, Adama Traore, the Middlesbrough player. He ranks as the best dribbler in European football. <laughs> based wow. on a, this is from a, this is from a company called uh, the CEIS Football Observatory. And they do a lot of really interesting uh, studies into football and stuff like that. But they came out with this best dribbler in Europe's top five leagues list. Uh, I think Messi was second, but yeah, Traore came in at first. Because not only did he partake in the most dribbles, but he partook in the most exciting dribbles, Ooh. which gave him her dribbling fact excitement factor of 100. Ah. So, according to this statistic, Traore is the best dribbler in Europe. And that's a fact. Wow. So there you have it, Middlesbrough fans. do you care to dispute that? Because I have the evidence to back it up. Um, well, I, I don't necessarily know that I would um, dispute that alone as a claim. Uh, I, I'd like to know what exactly qualifies for an exciting dribble and stuff like that. But I mean, he, he, sure, he may very well be the best dribbler in the world. But what can that do in terms like how many goals has he got? How many assists has he got? How many like key passes has he made, uh, etc.? It doesn't actually say it literally the. It's it's weird. This list is really weird. So it has it has two statistics: dribbles attempted and percentage of successful dribbles, but then ranks them based off of their like excitement factor. Yeah. So, <laughs> but a lot. Of t I saw tons of um, newspapers at the time running with a "You'll never guess who's been declared the best," but then, and then just explained the out of ten list and never explained what the went into figuring it out. Yeah. 
So is, uh, send that to random one oh one really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> send it to a bunch of drunk idiots and let it do the work. The thing is, like I guarantee you that there's there are still uh Swansea football fans in a in a pub in Wales saying like, Look, Leon Britton is better than Xavi and Iniesta. It's been proven. He had more passes than them, a higher percentage of passes completed. Do you remember that statistic? From like, oh god! There's one of like those. There's one of those statistics or... from a different player like every year, isn't there? Yeah, but it's basically like Leon Britton when he was playing as the kind of uh, I, he wasn't quite the anchor, but the he was playing as part of a midfield trio for Swansea City, mm. and um, he had like a pass completion rate of ninety seven percent, and so that compares higher to Xavi and Iniesta, who had I think ninety three and ninety one respectively, something yeah. like that. Um, and then when you analyze, like, basically Leon Britton's passes, I, a really, really large chunk of them were backwards. And <laughs> it, it was like 97%, but like 3% of the passes he attempted were forwards. Like, he just, like, he's incapable of passing the ball forwards. He can only do it. And it was like assists and goals from Xavi and Iniesta or key, plas- uh, key passes or like clear-cut chances created and stuff like that. Like Xavi and Iniesta, obviously, you don't even need me to tell you that they blew him out of the water. But that's not the point. The point is that people will celebrate what little success they get when they see a statistical evidence of it. And like, yes, Leon Britton does have a higher pass success ratio mm-hmm. than Xavi and Iniesta. Does that make him a better player? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. I... Like yeah, like I mean, I've literally just gone on to who scored now, and look, I'm looking at the comp- pass completion percentage for this season with ninety four point three percent pass completion rate. Number one is a defender from Paris Saint Germain, Presnel Kimpembe. Oh, yes. 17 appearances, 1,530 minutes played. Excellent. He is the greatest passer in Europe at the moment. That's a fact. <laughs> there you go, yeah. I, I could do this all day. There are so many that you can go through and look at. It's like it's like my favourite thing is Ryan Giggs is, has the most assists in, the prim, in Premier League history for a single player. But that's also because he played about 700 games in the Premier League which is the most by a single player in the Premier League. He played 700 consecutive seasons, didn't he? That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I think so. He was, I think he was playing in the Premier League before it even started. Yeah, I think it was like 1498 when he made his debut for Man United, so that's mm. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, he really was ahead of the curve. I see a lot of stuff like this online where people will post a picture of a Sky Sports comparison thing, and it's like... It'll be like fucking Phil Jones compared with like Sergio Busquets, and it'll cherry pick the things that Phil Jones is better at than Busquets. You know, like weird oh, yeah. facial expressions and whatever. Fully, fully aware of those, yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is, and, and United fans will be like, "Hmm, look at this. See, well, if this isn't proof that Busquets is overrated, because Man United." There seems to be a section of Man United fans who absolutely despise Barcelona that I feel is kind of um, interesting. Oh, mate, it's the, uns- it's the unspoken rivalry. Yeah, it is. It's, it's the England-Germany rivalry, where England yeah. are like, yeah, and Germany like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's weird. I love those one-sided rivalries. And it's like, United have that with Barcelona, and therefore every now and then you'll see Man United compare the odd player here and there with Barcelona players. And, and that is why the people who think Cristiano Ronaldo are better than Messi, like every single one of them supports either Real Madrid or Manchester United. There's like no neutral person that thinks Ronaldo is better than Messi. It's like the weirdest thing in the world. Like there's a guy in work is like obsessed with Messi in a really anti-Messi yeah. way. Hates Messi. Um and I was like That's, why? Uh, well, because he supports Man United. Obviously, I didn't uh, even have to ask him before I before I knew. Sports is so I don't, I don't know, like, I, I assume every sport does this on some base level, but the way football divides people or turns rational people into morons, I've never seen anything like it. I'm not saying mm. you're a moron for thinking Ronaldo is better than Messi. I'm just saying that the majority of people who do are Man United supporters when the vast majority of football fans in general think Messi is better. And, like, I think there's a reason for that. But, you know, whatever. I'm sure yeah. people are already triggered and offended. Yeah, we've definitely offended some people already 100 percent but moving away from football just slightly there is naturally a cracked article about this oh yes of course there is i mean it is from 2008 so this was in the world where everything on the internet was actually true yeah You know, because 11 was the year. It was um, before September 2011. <laughs> technically a fact. Yeah, it is. And the first one is obviously that you accidentally swallow about eight spiders a year. Yeah. And then... See, this is one that annoys me, because you get two subsections of people with this. St- well, you get three. You get the people that believe it straight off the bat. Then you get the people that deny that they never eat spiders, despite spiders <laughs> yeah. quite liking dark, warm places. Yeah. And then you get the other ones, people, where turn around and go, actually, I think you'll find it's more like 20 spiders a year. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, what? Why 20? That's a very round number. Yeah. Like, what? It, I, I will concede, right, that when I get drunk, if there is an argument going on, there is some part of me that feels like I have to interject with knowledge that I don't necessarily have. And like, I know it's a human thing because I know people who do it sober all the time. Um, it's so weird. The weirdest thing about the spider myth and the fact that, you know, the average human consumes, I've heard variations of it, Mm. six to eight spiders in a year. It was invented by somebody who was showing how easy it is to spread false information on the internet. Like, that has to be the biggest... Like, I've had it was school like, teachers it was the, tell me this. Yeah. It was like the first spam email. Yeah, it is, uh, yeah. I'm, sure, I'm, pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure it went round as an email. And I'm, it was like the first... It was the first big email, like, send it to everyone or, you know, have a, eight spiders crawling into your mouth tonight. Yeah, uh, man, I it's hate. Just unreal. I hate every single one of those things where it just I, like I know I do this myself, and I know it's a human thing, and I'm not saying I'm better than everyone else, but I hate the way people, and I include myself in this. So just, just, just hear me out. They'll just hear a thing and become like embedded with that knowledge and like the security that it's true. You know what I mean? And it's like yeah. 
the the next thing on that article you only use 10 percent of your brain which is a myth that we've spoken about on this podcast at yeah. length like it's just it is demonstrably untrue like science has proven it to be untrue time and time again and yet you will still hear people arguing about this as if they like i was taught this in school as well my english teacher taught me you only use 10 percent of your brain you know if you want to get to like 12 to 15 percent you know you got to have a really active healthy lifestyle that, that's kind of the type of thing like athletes are probably at that level or, or like yeah. you know supreme mathematicians or something and i'd be like so what if, what if you get like 75 percent of your brain oh you could probably fly and it's like what the that's fire? not how that works that's, that's not how that I got this works in school a teacher told me that someone who's paid to educate me taught me that do you know what i mean it's it's i mean uh, that is yeah like the 10 percent thing is so bizarre yeah. i feel like I mean, it, I liked the concept of it in terms of... Um, I enjoy the concept of it to a degree in terms of films and stuff like that. Like, I quite enjoy the film Limitless. I enjoy it too. It's a great, um, uh, it's a great movie for you to only use the 10% of your brain required. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really, it really is a 10% of your brain film. It um, is. But it's just, it's just so bizarre. Like, why, why at any point would we have, like... If you're, if you believe in evolution, even in the slightest, why would you believe in the ten percent thing? I like. I, I think it's a great sort of um, testament to how highly we rank our brain as a as a complex organ. Like as as far as science understands, the human brain is the most complex object in the known universe, and That's true. we understand that because we have to live with one and like you know it talks to us all the time your brain does incredible things i tell you one thing right i was in the shower earlier and i was singing the song carousel by blink 182 and i came out and i put on spotify and i started listening to soap by uh what's her name melanie martinez or something like that mm. and uh my thing was on shuffle and the very next song that came on was a song called carousel and I didn't even know that was on the album, but obviously I I sort of uh, like what subconsciously yeah. like recognized it at some point. Like it wasn't knowledge I was able to recall straight away, but it was in there yeah. in my brain because I must have glanced at it at some point. Just that that's the first thing that came to my head. That's not me saying mm. <laughs> the, the brain is great. Look at this. But like we understand how great it is. So like it's good that we know that we can access more of it. Like, we all know what things we can do to elevate our, our like, plane of consciousness. You know, like a healthy diet, exercise, uh, an early yeah. night's sleep, or even a good night's sleep. It doesn't have to be an early night's sleep. Like, all these things, they help our brain to fire on all cylinders. And when that happens, like, we do excel. We, we do become more creative and uh, just better as people. And, like, it's good that we know that. But, come on, <laughs> the 10%. Yeah. No, no. It's just a fun way of thinking, like, you know, it's, it's, it's we're so attracted it plays to into easy the whole way what out, if thing as well, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It plays so nicely into the what if thing, it's unreal. Yeah, it's like a, a really nice way of us thinking, like, well, I could be better easily if I just took yeah, this Yeah, but I can't because the rest of my brain is locked off by, you know, nature. Bloody nature's the reason for me being stupid, how dare it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I um I, I read a quote earlier by uh, someone named Madeline M. Coonan, who was an American diplomat, and um, she said, I kind of am having a hard time believing there was an American diplomat that was a woman in uh, 
in the <coughs> 50s and 60s, so I just have to double-check that it is, in fact, a female. Either way, this person said, statistics do not convey emotion. They shock us for a minute or two, and then we click again. And um, I think there's something really true to that. There was Joseph Stalin famously said, the death of one is a tragedy, but the death of millions is a statistic. Yeah. And there is something about statistics that kind of desensitize us to the uh, severity of a situation. Mm. Um, I don't have any examples of that in my head right now, but I think, um, I think like a good place to start with that would be um, like 9-11, right? The, the, the planes flew into the towers. There was over 2,000 yep. Americans dead, right? Since then, the American government has spent billions and billions and billions of dollars uh, mm. bombing the shit out of the Middle East. And yep. to, to put it lightly, yeah. I read the amount, and it's another another bad thing about statistics is our inability to recall them accurately. Um, but basically, they've spent over a million dollars per citizen in their country at the moment on revenge for 9-11. Dear Lord. If you think the level of funding they could do to... Like, even at a really base level, right? Look, we're probably not going to cure cancer in the next five years, and there is no one simple cure to cancer. So, like, forget, like, throwing lots of money into something like that. Mm. Something simple like heart disease that kills, you know, so many people every year. Or or even, like, addiction, alcoholism. If you could fund some programs that help to curb addicts and their habits and and like Mm -hmm. educate people and stop overcrowding your prisons and like all these things like you could put that money into things that would better society like palpably and visually and obviously but you don't think about that because the fact is 2,000 people were dead you got to get revenge there's like something about numbers that get to a certain point where we're just not able to comprehend in a rational and logical way I suppose yeah like there are you are right there are so many things that they could have spent that money on i mean education for a start would have been a nice thing to spend that money on or addressing the ever-growing obesity epidemic that probably puts more strain i was going to say their national healthcare system but they don't have one yeah um which probably puts more strain on the underpaid uh, doctors, I'm going to guess they're underpaid. I'm just making a wild assumption here. Yeah. Um, um, you know, it probably puts more strain on their doctors and, you know, their country in general, just because of the amount of people that can't or are unable to. I, I feel like being able to keep yourself in a healthy way that does not does not mean you have a heart attack at forty somehow limits your country quite a lot. Yeah, exactly. Like, and it's like sixty percent of the population, the adult population. Yeah, which is appalling. Like, it's 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 on the same level as that's a that's a good statistic actually. That might not even be real. Sixty percent of the population. Yeah, I'm <laughs> um, pretty sure you made that up. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> I remember, like you said, I remember hearing it somewhere, and it's just buried its way into my brain as the gospel truth. It's so fucking hard to break away from that, isn't it? It really is. I'm so guilty of it. Yeah, same. Like, I'm so guilty of it because I actually really like like facts and small facts and tidbits and statistics. Yeah, same. So when I hear one that I think is good, it kind of just burrows its way in. Yeah. It stays there. Yeah. 
the um, obesity epidemic in general is interesting. Like, I, I don't necessarily know that numbers are getting in the way of people's understanding of that, but definitely people hearing the figures doesn't resonate with them as anything problematic, right? Yeah. Um, I'm reading yeah. a book at the moment called The Hungry Brain by a guy called Stephen, or, well, Stefan J. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his second name. Guy I'm going to guess. He's a French, yeah. uh, he's a French um, neuroscientist. And he basically proves in the book that um, obesity has nothing to do with willpower. It's it's not like the idea that, you know, fat people, they're so gluttonous. They're so mm. greedy. They just cannot stop themselves from shoveling food down. That's literally not true. That's not how it works. There's, yeah. um, there are so many uh, different things that influence the human brain. And... Um, it's like it's like part addiction. It's it's part several other things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but people don't recognize that. Like we are like obesity as an epidemic. Even just the word epidemic doesn't scare. It doesn't mean anything it. to anyone. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't make people realize that this is not just a case of a few people being greedy and you know like because every movie villain that's fat. They don't even have to have any other defining trait. They're just fat, so they're automatically bad and a villain. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, we, we have a really lazy attitude towards fat people in that we perceive them as being lazy and inactive and all these things. Um, but, yeah, that's like a real problem in our inability to understand statistics because, like mm. you just said, 60%. Like, I don't know what the obesity levels are in Europe, but they're the highest that they've ever been in the history of the world. You yeah. know what I mean? It's 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 like pretty obvious when you consider the amount of uh, multinational corporations and conglomerates that are in charge of creating food that they pack with salt. Like you know, people who yeah. moved from cigarette companies into food companies after cigarettes got taxed too heavily. Like it's really not that hard to figure out that they figured out how to sell food to people and and make them get fatter and stuff like that. It's not like I'm not like negating personal responsibility from it. I'm saying that there's a whole lot more to it. And when I get like really deep oh, into yeah. the book, I'll explain it in the podcast because sure. um, yeah, it, it's like very technical. And I need to every mm -hmm. time I read a chapter, I have to go and like read about it and find out everything. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just like statistics. Just really, they either influence you highly or they don't influence you at all. And it's it's really yeah. interesting. Our nature with our, like our relationship with mathematics in general is, is sort of. Uh, vague at best mm. it's like yeah yeah i think vague at best and it's like just i don't know how you i, I think you put it quite well but like, I, I don't know how i can add to that more than what you said but it's just like like i said i really enjoy i really enjoy facts and statistics and stuff like that and it's so easy to get caught up in uh, letting one statistic or one set of statistics uh, adjust your perception of things. Yeah, yeah, um, that, that can be tough as well. Yeah, I mean, um, I think definitely, I mean, it's not something I'd say I'm actively working on, but uh, working where I do has definitely opened up my eyes to, um, to just how fickle uh, statistics can be. Because I, I regularly see the same statistic twi twisted uh, one way and the other by the same newspaper or the same website in two separate articles. Yeah. And it's just like... 
the way news media actually present information, and I'm not talking about like the upper echelons of, you know, like the Financial Times and and the mm. whatever. I'm talking about like the Sun, the Daily Mirror, the yeah, yeah. And, and I'm the talking, racks. I'm talking specifically about sports because that's mm. kind of whenever I get into a discussion about statistics and stuff like that, I, I think just the easiest way to boil it down is with sports. It's like the mm -hmm easiest way we have of communicating what we're talking about but um the there's an article like every year about an england manager saying he may call yanazai up to the team right mm. like no he won't no england <laughs> manager will ever call yanazai up to the team they would never call arteta or almunia or any player not born in britain uh, who's lived in England a sufficient amount of time to have British citizenship. And the reason is that the home nations, Wales, Northern Ireland, basically uh, Great Britain. Um, yeah. Well, no, the United Kingdom, because Northern Ireland mm -hmm. is included, right? So everything within the UK, they have what's called a gentleman's agreement, whereby to call somebody up with British nationality, they have to have completed five years of education from a young age yeah. in that country. So, like, if you think about it, right, everyone in Britain has a British passport. Sure. So if you were to go by that way of just, well, it's a British passport, now he's a British citizen, then why can't Scotland call up any England player that doesn't want to play for England? They can't, right? Because they're not Scottish. Mm. Same reason that Wales can't fucking call up, you know, Wayne Rooney to their team. That, that's not how it works. So um, Arteta, Yanazai, Almunia, all of these players, they cannot play for England. They never could have played for England. It is not possible for them to play for England. And yet every fucking year there's some bastardized version of this story comes around yeah and it's like glenn hoddle like fucking <laughs> not not even him who's who's the fucking that guy that like brought used to the euros and was laughably bad uh roy hodgson roy hodgson like he doesn't even know that he says i may call yanazai up how has no one gotten in his ear and said no pal you fucking won't <laughs> it's not gonna happen like it's it's just I don't know the way the way the news carries this information and uh, statistics is one of the main ways they do it especially in sports like this it's always to do with statistics everything gets boiled yeah. down to statistics statistically Wayne Rooney is better than like Jesus Christ just use your eyes and look at him on a football pitch it's not fucking yeah. better than anybody right now no that's true and it's so it's so bizarre and I I, I mentioned this to um, my mate the other day that Wayne Rooney is the greatest English football player that we've probably ever seen mm. based on statistics. Yeah, it doesn't feel that way. It doesn't feel like it should be that way. Like watching him play over the last few years, you like if you'd never seen him play in his prime, you never would say that. No, absolutely not. Um, and it's just you know like the statistics, and it links in nicely with you know you saying about Roy Hodgson and stuff like that, and it reminded you saying that reminded me of I can't remember who it was, but there was a commentator watching a Chelsea match and referred to Victor Moses as a young English talent. Oh, God. Um, ignoring the fact that he's A, 27, <laughs> and B, Nigerian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there's, it's like there's some... I feel like it's partly linked with the fact that he's... Um, the. I can't remember who it was. It was one of the commentators, but he's in his uh, late 50s, early 60s, or something like that. Can't, it, it must be partly because... He's old and he's got this um, bias of hearing. Like he's also stuck in that kind of thing where he's heard uh, someone say something, yeah. and it would have been years ago, but he will have dredged that up for whatever reason in the heat of the moment saying that. 
Yeah, yeah. But also the fact that then when it comes to things like that, and there's players that have been around for a long time, or like Moses has been bouncing from club to club, not doing much, he could have slipped under the radar for a lot of people a bit. But it's like I mentioned to someone the other day that Oxley Chamberlain, he's 24. And it yeah. feels like he's been around for years. It does. If you if you would ask me what his how old he was, I would have said twenty seven, twenty eight. And I think there's just this weird perception of bias in football as well, based on time, because players don't spend a lot of time playing it at the top. Like you know, you think um, it's so bizarre to me to see players that are younger than me popping out kids and making. You know, a hundred grand a week. I fucking hate it. But then that's that is they're in the middle of their career. I'll hit the middle of my career when I'm in my forties. Yeah, yeah. They're at the middle of their career when they hit twenty-one. Jack Wilshere is only twenty-five. Yeah. Isn't that shocking? That that dude yeah, has another like so seven years of Premier League football ahead of him. It's so bizarre. Yeah, it's crazy. Like you could list off so many players that, and it's like, holy fuck, he's only that old. And don't forget that. At 35, Zlat, like Zlatan's 35. Yeah. I would. My dad had only just become a father, like for about. Uh, was only a father for about two years when he was 35. Yeah. Like that's like thinking about it that way is so bizarre. And you've got Raheem Sterling, and they're like popping out six kids by the time they're 22 because they're making 140 grand a year. Um, he, a week. he only actually has one kid. That uh. That whole, like, he has loads of kids thing is just a weird lie that found its way into the world. The, yeah, the national consciousness, apparently, just yeah, like me. Yeah, yeah. Um, another, like, bias like that uh, to move away from football that mm. um, I've been sort of fighting for the last however many years is the idea that my generation are the worst. Um, like, we're lazy and, you know, we we've lost... A kind of um, what's the word? We we've lost what it means to be a true whatever. Like we've lost these um, important values and stuff. Mm. Like we don't understand what it means to respect authority and things like that. Um, and one of the statistics I read, I don't actually have it in front of me, and I'm not sure I can recall mm. it. But the number of teenage pregnancies right now is lower yeah. than it has ever been in history. Yeah. And I feel like that is not something that is understood by the previous generation because the amount of times I have been lectured about my generation, and you wouldn't believe how often it happens. I don't mm. say this because I carry around some kind of axe to grind. Like I <laughs> actually get told this by people in authority all the fucking time. Like generalizations about my generation yeah. are i i mean it, it's rampant it's, yeah it's ridiculous like the number of times that i have to defend my generation using things like statistics um like the teenage pregnancy thing like the mm -hmm. fact that crime is at an yeah. all-time low across the board or the fact that traffic accidents yeah. are down no one in your generation knows how to drive like motherfucker <laughs> like people <laughs> in my generation don't know how to crash 
Like it's it's all of this stuff. It it does my yeah. head in, and and it's just sort of understood by certain people. Like, yeah, they just don't have the values and all that. Like these these are words that people use to ascribe a, a certain type of bias that I don't think they fully understand. And it's ultimately a tribal thing where they're separating us and them, and they're saying like, yeah, they don't appreciate, they don't have respect, they don't blah 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 blah. And it's like. Have you ever shown any of those things to this generation in the first place, or are you just immediately, like from the off, are you attacking them for yeah. things that you perceive? Uh, like and like on top of that, like my generation is faced with the most expensive rent, even when adjusted for inflation, in the history of yeah. the planet. The the price of rent in Ireland right now is higher than it's ever been in the history of the entire state. It's like as long as Ireland has been a country. Rent has never yeah. been this high, even when adjusted for inflation. And people are still telling me shit like, your generation, they don't move out of the house till they're like, motherfucker, I'm not a millionaire. I can't <laughs> afford... It's 1,200 euros a month to rent yeah. a one-bedroom in Dublin. And, uh, so, it's like, unreal. Yeah, ask my bollocks about your fucking buying a house with your first mortgage for 30 grand when you were 18. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that that's bizarre. Like, I've never actually heard it peddled to me myself but i've heard it and seen it online and stuff like that people were saying i when i was your age i had a house and it was like yeah because you could fucking afford it yeah like i'm making x amount of grand more than you were at this stage adjusted for inflation and i can't fucking afford it yeah like and then, and then your generation ruined the world for mine yeah, <laughs> so... yeah jesus yeah like this is definitely not my fault here. Yeah. I was born into an unstable world. Yeah. And then it it's... crashed before I could even get to having a job. It's something that I, I take such a, a militant stance on it because, like, it's it's something that I've been hit with on so many occasions. Like, I used to drink in this pub where it was mostly older guys, and I would constantly be lectured about the fucking misbehavings of my generation. There was one, one time, and... I, I'll never forget this because it's probably the most just outrageously ignorant I've ever seen a person behave. That's not true, but I just took this so personally. Um, I I wear like uh, nearly every jumper I own has a hood on it. In fact, I'm pretty sure every single jumper I own has a hood on it, except for my Drake Christmas jumper, which I'll never wear again. But um, <laughs> I was getting up, I was leaving and I drank my pint. I put it down on the table. I stood up, I put my hood up because I was putting my jacket on. Obviously, yeah. you pull your hood up and you put your jacket on over yep. that. And then hood back down, yep. Yeah, so this is like a maybe a four-second motion at most. And this guy goes, is it raining or something? And I was like, what? And he was like, is it fucking raining? Why have you got your hood up? And I was like, I'm putting my jacket on. <laughs> and he walked off and like shook his head in like a foot, you know what I mean? And I was just so angry and like that's definitely a generational thing there's yeah. no way he would have said that to like someone who had been his age i should clarify the guy was like in his late 50s or <laughs> 60s but like there's just no way you would accuse anyone else of of putting their hood up like it's like, and even if i am wearing my hood like what's it to you like fuck off but maybe yeah what does it what does it matter oh man shit like that like they never publish statistics about good things that are happening or ways that the world is getting better mm. like i i reckon the fear of crime right now is higher than it's ever been i i i, I used to work with someone who would constantly talk about how dangerous the world is yeah. now and that was always the term used the world is such a dangerous place now it's like actually no statistically it mm. is safer than it's ever been 
Like, I don't understand why people are like that. I, I don't get yeah. the... I mean, I get, I get why that people seem to think that it's worse than ever, like crime, because it's just better reported than ever. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're in, uh, we're in a world of mass media, and social media makes it so easy to see everything going on around you. Like, I can hear about, within minutes of a shooting that went on somewhere in America, that prior to, you know, several years ago, no one in this country ever would have heard of. And I can hear about it within minutes. Yeah. And find live updates, videos, photos of the scene, of the aftermath, of it happening. Like, we're more connected than ever. And as a consequence of that, unfortunately, not only do we see the good, we see the bad. Yeah, we see so, mostly bad, too. That seems to be, like, yeah. the main thing that the media is bottling at the moment and selling to us is fear. Like, the... the they're sowing seeds of fear in like every single avenue. Everything is a reason to be afraid now. And even when you go towards the alternative media, um, like I guess, I guess the media has been sort of maybe overly, not quite liberal, but overly politically correct in the last while that they're not reporting on certain things that they should be. And so when you go and seek that other information, it's like it's the same level of fear mongering, whether they understand they're doing it or not. Like, it's, you know, statistics about, uh, say, what's happening in Sweden at the moment. You get, like, so that they're accepting refugees from Syria because, I mean, Google pictures of Syria now and you'll understand why people are yeah, fleeing. Yeah. And yet you get, like, one chunk of people who are like, yes, they should be taken in. And then another chunk of people who are like, nah there may be some terrorists there, we shouldn't accept them. And then another chunk of people who are like, literally every single person going to Sweden is a terrorist, and you cannot walk down the street anywhere in Sweden, or you will be murdered by terrorists. It's a terrorist country now, RIP Sweden, stuff yeah. like that. And it's like, even with statistics, these people will never change their minds. Like, it's... I guess the another like great example would be American gun death. Culture. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, like, and I've, I've said it before, but America is way every, like everyone can moan and complain about the amount of guns in America and throw out the statistic that there's four guns for every man, woman, and child, or legal guns in America. Yeah, like, or I've heard between two and six for that statistic as well. Um, but they're too far gone. Like, that's a, it's a fact. Like it's too the like guns are too far gone in America. There's no getting them back. Like there's never going to be like a Simpsons episode where everybody turns their guns and they make them in they melt them down and make them into slides. Yeah. Like for kids, it's never going to happen. Like that's just how things are there now. I hear so many people like that I respect, and they're saying, "Look, it's the Second Amendment. You like if if you're changing this, then you're." setting forth a uh you're, you're setting forth like a template for a constitutional change that makes me uncomfortable because i feel like free speech has to be protected and if you change this then you're setting a precedent for other stuff to be changed i get that and like i think that's a reasonable sort of argument it's probably the most coherent argument i've ever heard against repealing the second amendment but just mm. when you look at the statistics of the number of people who are killed by guns in America and like compare it to literally any other country, like it is a problem. It's like, I, I, I don't know. 
sixty percent of homicides are by well, this is from two thousand and twelve, but sixty percent mm. of the homicides in America were, were death by guns. But also there's a really large I think it's like it's like thirty five percent. Again, I, I it, it really does suck that we're doing an episode on statistics and none of us can accurately call a fucking statistic. But it's like thirty five percent of actual gun deaths are suicides. And mm. like it also really upsets me that that's not explored. Like because yeah. people are like, oh well, if you take away their guns, they're gonna kill themselves anyway. Like no, they're not. It is proven scientifically that that's not the case. Like they they fucking you change the color of a bridge from like blue to red, and that makes people commit suicide less. There, there are like all sorts yeah. of things that go into the impulsive decision by a person to kill themselves. Like, for example, suicides mainly take place on a Wednesday because it's the middle of the week and it's at that point that a person can go, oh, fuck it, I just cannot do another two days of this shit. Yeah. And then they kill themselves. Like, the, the people in England used to kill themselves using those ovens, the gas ovens that Sylvia Plath killed herself with. Mm. And then when they stopped making those ovens, the suicide rate went down, right? So if you deny a suicidal person the means to easily kill themselves, they are not going to kill themselves. And I feel like whatever about your right to own a gun like can we not just care about the mental health in the country like, yeah it, it just i don't know I, I just sure bring in background checks and everything but then the number of suicides and like mass murders and stuff we see that would have taken place regardless of background checks it's like it just it leaves you at a sort of a i don't know a a, a moment where you go like this <sighs> just yeah just like <sighs> just utterly defeated by reality yeah it does it does get a bit much at times but stepping away and into something more lighthearted if I can fine <laughs> <laughs> just because it is Wednesday tomorrow and I'm not sure I can do another two days I don't know there was like a, there was like a podcast I did like two weeks ago I think and I I reckon I made more references to killing myself in that podcast than I've done in like the last year or something <laughs> like that but yeah pretty average Tuesday really yeah pretty much yeah yeah um you have to wait 30 minutes after you eat or else you will die if you go swimming that's true. I know a guy who... No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a bizarre, like, 30 minutes. Like, yeah. what, that's such a... What, always, what I always love about these kind of statistics and stuff like that is that it's always a nicely rounded number that's easy to remember. Yeah, I know, yeah. It's never some obscure, like, 27 minutes. 37 and a half minutes. Like, 30 minutes, half an hour. Fits nicely, doesn't it? You, you also... Like, or, and and there, was never, there was never really an explanation that went along with that statistic either. It was always just kind of a, got to wait half an hour or you'll... Um, yeah, it doesn't take into account die. like body mass or like any yeah. like digestive... Or like, what you've eaten. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just not a half an hour. If, you, if you've eaten like four Skittles, you gotta, you got to wait that out. But th th there's another way that we do that as well with, like, you know, when you're watching movies. I, I think there's a thing in... Oh, you haven't seen Breaking Bad. Fuck. There's, no. there's a thing in Breaking Bad where, like, Gus... Uh, Gus Fring, he, he takes some poison and... Um, 
he can only have it in his system for like an hour before he can take the antidote, something like that. But it's like as if the poison is going to go, uh, right, lads, 59, 59, let's get in there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> 59, 58, 57. How long is it till we can kill this guy? 55, 54. <laughs> yeah. It's just, that's bizarre. Like, yeah. But then... Like I said, the one the one thing that always annoyed me about that thirty minutes thing was that nobody ever told you exactly why it would kill you. Yeah, and it was like, oh, so you'll drown, but why will you drown? Will you sink? You get cramp. no, that's ridiculous. That's you'll get cramp saying. in your stomach, which will stop your arms and legs from working, so you'll drown. That's right. Yeah, we all know that right. kind of cramp, right? Yeah. Dude, I, 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 I did some exercise last week and I had that DOMS thing, you know, delayed onset muscle soreness. Yeah. Right? And I, I literally couldn't straighten my arm. But if I was thrown into the ocean, I'd fucking find my way out of there. Yeah, there's, there is there's no cramp that can yeah. stop me. There is from... no cramp great enough for, that will just make me just go, I'm in the water. This is it. I'm 30 minutes of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's bizarre. That one's so bizarre. And yet, I'm sure I remember believing it, because an adult told it to me. So, of course, as a child, I just believed whatever the nearest adult had told me. You'll never guess which branch of adults told me that. That's right, a teacher. Uh, think of a lie. Put, like, <laughs> yeah, a teacher told me that. Yeah, think, think of a lie. I remember you say this about teachers, it's just remind you, I remember walking into, I did A-level physics for a short while. Woo! Uh, yeah, a short while because I failed. Okay. Um, <laughs> Welcome <laughs> back to much. the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I remember walking in and the teacher was just like, I'm going to be honest with you. Everything you've learned up to phys- up, about physics up until now, forget it because it's mostly been a gross oversimplification and all of it's wrong. <laughs> and I just sat there and I was like, oh, I'm fucked. <laughs> I am so fucked. Yeah, forget it. It was like, what? Why? Why? Why have you done this? I remember my maths teacher on my first day telling me that algebra was a load of rubbish, and I was like, <laughs> yes, that's true. And then he was like, here's why. And then he did a ridiculous sum, and I was like, all right, that's it. I'm going to do ordinary level maths. <laughs> thanks for <laughs> thanks for your time. See you later. Thanks for that one, pal. Um, I've just read a statistic, by the way, mm. which combines both of our things. Your love of statistics about being killed by sharks and my Actually. love of suicide. You oh, are yeah. more likely to be killed by a toaster than a shark. And I fucking guarantee you that whoever like uh, quantified this level of data has included death by toaster in the bath. Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there was one implement that I was going to take to the bath that would let's let's suggest that let's suggest that toaster in bathtub incidences are accidents and that no one has ever actually committed suicide via toaster in the bathtub. <laughs> I don't see a scenario in which the toaster would be the first electronic implement that I would take to the bath with me. Yeah. Yeah, you you definitely don't want like soggy toast. You don't want wet hands no. touching toast. You don't. Want, no. The beauty of toast is that it is dry. 
Yeah, that is yeah, that is one of the main things that is appealing about toast. Like, if you wanted soft bread, you'd have bread. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't that's toast it. Pretty much it. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much the point of bread. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that, but I can think of many other things. Like, why is that? Why is there a trope of people taking toasters into the bathtubs to commit suicide? Um, I surely I don't... there are. Many, many things that you could put in the bathtub that are electronic that would kill you, that are more convenient than a toaster. Can, can you think of one, though? Honestly. A hairdryer. Like, that's, uh, I don't think that transmits enough volts to kill you. But they all come from the same plug socket. Yeah, but it's about the power that the thing actually has. Like, you can ha- you can put... It, the socket itself doesn't determine how many volts are powering it. What determines that is the actual apparatus itself. Do toasters so, um, use a lot of power? Yeah, a toaster will fucking kill you within seconds if you bring it in your bag. I'm intrigued. I might have to do some experiments. I, I swear, I promise you, it will kill you. It's uh, it's it's one of the most surefire ways to commit suicide is to bring a live toaster into your bath. Did you did you happen to see my tweet the other week where I said um, I don't mean to brag, but I've just found out that my toaster stretches all the way into the bath. <laughs> it, it got like 60 something favorites and i'm pretty sure that like 45 of those are people who are like lol he wants to eat toast while he's in the bath what a, what a zany happy-go-lucky guy <laughs> what what a happy-go-lucky guy he yeah. could eat toast in the bar they've clearly not thought about the whole wet toast scenario that's going no. on there that that might be a generational thing <laughs> Yeah, to be fair, I I didn't used to worry about things like damp toast, but uh, the older I'm getting, the more it's becoming a problem yeah, in my that's life. True. Yeah, yeah, that's a fact. Um, I was gonna say something that I this is absolutely not gonna be a politically correct thing, right? But there is a government-sponsored campaign in Ireland over the last ten years or so, um, to to get rid of smoking completely and the um statistic that they have like plastered everywhere all over every advert it's a thing that everyone kind of accepts as canon in reality Mm. um one out of every two smokers will die of a tobacco related illness right this is not quantifiable information it is not possible to definitively say that because it is not quantifiable you cannot determine whether or not someone's illness is yeah. tobacco-related. It is impossible. Yeah, I was, was going to say, I mean, surely you can establish, the, establish that it would be something that you would expect to be um, tobacco-related, lung cancer, throat cancer, something like that. Yeah, but, like, have, have you ever seen a death certificate and what they look like? That said smoking. No, yeah. just, just in general, have you ever seen a death certificate? Because uh, No, I haven't, actually. Um, I had a job once where I had to I worked in the legals department for a shareholders registrar so I had to deal with um, moving shares from different estates uh, like after the person dies and in order to do that you have to send in a death certificate and uh, like a grant of probate and stuff like that to prove that the person is dead and so there was uh, like weeks on end where I was just looking at death certificates all day Mm. right and if someone dies of old age what they do on the death certificate is they catalogue every single illness that the person had in their body at the time so like if someone say dies of uh, of what you would say is just old age. Their body just gave up. Their heart shut down. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not necessarily a heart attack. It's not. It's a, 
on the death it's certificate. It's just the end, yeah. Yeah, on the death certificate, it might cite blindness. Um, like, you know, it won't say blindness, but it'll say um, cornea, whatever. Like, Atrophy, yeah. Yeah, something like that. And, and different um, different illnesses are, are, are catalogued on the death certificate of another. So I don't know how the government came up with this statistic, but I believe what they would have just done is looked at death certificates and and said is this person a smoker yes is this a tobacco related illness and the yes. health professional would have gone yeah. it can be and they would have gone all right then and that's how <laughs> they came up with that statistic but it's like do you know the statistic of the number of people who smoke who get cancer it's not one in three or it's meant to be one in three isn't it it's literally unquantifiable no yeah, like, the, the one that i've heard is always like one in three yeah which, which seems like just i guess you would come to like putting it yeah together, like a rough sense. estimation yeah like how many smokers do you know i know fucking tons how many people do i, I only... know that have died from smoking zero uh, yeah yeah it's it's like i, I just <laughs> i know that smoking is bad it is absolutely bad i used to do it mm. i used to smoke like 15 to 20 a day i am aware yeah. of the impact it had on my body i know that it's not good for me but you can't just say that 50% of the people who smoke will die because it's not true. I mean, yes, they will all die. Yeah. 100% of them will die, but we all die. No one yeah. gets out of this planet Everyone, everyone alive, dies though. eventually, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's the only thing that keeps me going. No, um, but for real, though, <laughs> you just... It's not... It's not accurate. It, it's its like... It's dishonest. <laughs> you know, it's well-intentioned dishonesty, in my opinion. Mm. You just... You can't be going around saying stuff like that if it ain't true, and that's... I don't know. It's it's uh, like it's not politically correct to say because I'm not trying to say smoking is good, yeah. but I I do think that there's a coherent argument to be made for the fact that we don't truly know how bad smoking potentially is. Yeah. Like it's just um kind of it's it's not necessarily a gray area, but it is one that we yeah. just don't fucking understand. Because... I think I think it would be fair to say that smoking, much like alcohol and anything else that's you know any, any other drug essentially is not good for you yeah i think that it is you know by and large unless you know in the right quite in you know excessive quantities it is completely fair and i would say the statistics back it up it's unquantifiable but it is bad for you yeah out and out yeah I think that's I think that's a fair thing to say. Um, even though the the entire like, the whole possibility is, you know, uh, the whole thing is just unquantifiable. Yeah, it is precisely how bad is what each one thing is for you. We're just we're nowhere near like educated enough on specifically what effect it has and to what degree. It has that mm. effect. Like, we absolutely know definitively what it can do, but we don't know what it will do to a person because it seems to be completely dependent on the person themselves. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, I, I, that's interesting, you know? I'm, yeah, not, yeah. I'm not advocating smoking, but no. that's, you know... That's, yeah, uh, probably... That's... If anything, just don't advocate smoking because it's an expensive habit. Yeah, it's really expensive. Like, like holy shit. Yeah. 
That's the problem with yeah. like addiction. Like an addict will find a way to feed yeah. their habit. It, it doesn't like they'll cut something else or whatever. Like that's yeah, just yeah. that's the way it happens. Um, another crazy statistic I just read is that CPR works two percent of the time. Um, like what I'd like to know from that statistic how is they got that how many times. Yeah, where number one, where did you get that? Um, yeah. Um, but mostly, like, is does that count CPR by trained professionals, trained amateurs, someone who thumped on someone's chest a couple of times and gave up because they failed? Like, how? Surely you. Yeah, this whole thing. We're gonna get very. I feel like we we're, we're getting there, and we're getting to the point where one of us is gonna say something, and the other one's gonna come up with a list of reasons how to combat that, and then just end up just going, ah, yeah. It's interesting. Uh, <laughs> I will say this, right? Mm. A Japanese study of more than four hundred thousand people who experienced out of hospital cardiac arrest, published mm. in the JAMA on March twenty first, two thousand and twelve. Approximately 18% of those who were administered CPR and epinephrine? Epinephrine? Yeah. Is that that like um, the adrenaline they stick straight into your heart? Yes, I believe so. They did achieve spontaneous circulation, but fewer than 5% survived one month and fewer than 2% survived one month with good or moderate cerebral performance. Okay. So, if an average adult keels over in the street, is found unresponsive and pulseless by a bystander, and is administered CPR while a 911 call is made, the odds that such a person will emerge from the eventualities of the resuscitation effort healthy and with a normal, normally functioning brain are 2%. So, oh. it's a comprehensive study. 400,000 yeah. people. Yeah, that's. I would say that's pretty comprehensive. Yeah, I'd say that's probably way more comprehensive than either of us could have uh, perceived. Yeah, like, like expected, I, yeah. I, I would have thought 30 people, honestly, I would have been like yeah. yeah. So yeah, um, basically that's if if that's you yeah if you receive CPR and you survive more than a month afterwards, you are literally in the two percent. Yeah, that's that's nuts. That's crazy. I am the ninety-eight <laughs> percent. I will be when I get the hands on that yeah. toaster. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to leave a note that says, don't you fucking dare resuscitate me. I don't want to be part of the 2%, mum. As if you could resuscitate someone who died from electrocution anyway. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hey, well, if anything that films have taught me is that if I fall into the bathtub with a hairdryer, I will actually just be able to read women's minds. (laughs) So uh, that's a... a Retro shit post of a meme that one. Mel Gibson, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was a Mel Gibson film. What uh, women want? Yeah, written by a man. <laughs> yeah, naturally. It's actually that movie has. I used to adore that movie, and I thought it was so charming and so nice. 
And uh, it's really not though. It's actually one of the most sexist films. Yeah, like I remember, I remember really enjoying it when I was younger as well. And then I watched it again recently. And I was like, "Fucking hell, it's, what is this?" Yeah, yeah. It's it's distractingly like bad. It, it's just it's it's what women want inside of the brain of a man. Like literally, that's what it is. It's absolutely outrageously fucking biased and just yeah, it's just terrible. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, yeah, I can't disagree. Yeah. But I've just been reading some more statistics as well, and this is now my new favourite one. You are more than seven times you are seven times more likely to date a supermodel than getting a royal flush in a game of poker. Fucking hell! So the odds of dating a supermodel is one in eighty-eight thousand, according to this picture on the internet. And the odds of getting a royal flush are one in six hundred and forty-nine thousand. That is. Have you ever heard the statistic about like the odds of um a, a, a fucking deck of fifty-two cards? Oh yeah, uh, you've seen the one on um. I think they Stephen Fry read the number out on QI once, and it was. Ridiculously long, like stupidly long. It's it's basically like for those of you that just didn't get that random QI reference. Yeah, um, it's like if you you shuffle a deck of cards, the likelihood is that nobody in the known universe has ever held a set of cards in the order that you have them in your hands right there and then. Yeah, that's how many. That's how many, like, combinations of suits and numbers. From the 52 cards, they can be. I used to know how to actually calculate all of that stuff. And in my head, what you do is you multiply 52 by 51 by 50 all the way down to 1. Yeah. But I'm not sure. I think that just gives you the uh, number of potential outcomes. But then to find out the likelihood of ever achieving that, you have to do something like it's like 52 by the power to the power of 51 or something like that. Yeah. I, I can't remember. I don't know. But that's reminded me of the other stat that was... Um... Like there's more grains of sand on Earth than there are stars in our universe. No, that's not what it is at all. It's is that, it? It's is that, it the other way around? It's for every one grain of sand on Earth, every one singular grain of sand that you can barely pick up in your finger, there is ten thousand stars. Ah, oh, just, just that's such a ridiculous. Yeah, it makes like, me sad. It where makes did me feel... that start? Like. It makes me feel cold and empty inside when I think of that statistic. I just like who who's thought they'd figured out how many grains of sand there were on this planet. I know, yeah. <laughs> like that's the most bizarre. Lads, I've uh, I've done some I've done some digging, quite literally, and <laughs> yeah. I've done the maths. Turns out this shit is everywhere. I think you'll find. I, th- yeah. I think you'll find that. Uh, there are 10,000 stars. And when it gets to that point, though, you're just dealing with, like, estimates, aren't you? Like, yeah. quant- quantitative and qualitative um, methods and stuff like that. Like, it just gets insane. Uh, yeah. Like, it's like the people... I, I, liked, um, I like the things people like talking about um, compressing all of the water in the world and making it into a planet or something like that and sending it out to space and it being smaller than the moon or smaller than Pluto or some shit like that 
And it's like, what? Like, you've just taken the fact that there's, the, the Earth is 70% water, covered in water, and mathed out based on the average depth of an ocean. Yeah. Like, that statistic means absolutely nothing. If it's like, like, and then why is, why am I seeing this tweeted out by a science Twitter account with a picture of Pluto? What the fuck's going on? Anyone who fucking follows that, um, I love science thing or whatever, yeah. like, nah, you don't. You love being told that you're smarter than everyone because God isn't real. <laughs> That's pretty much like the main. <laughs> but you know that there's, um, there is a body of water floating through space. That is, it's the largest, it, it's like 20,000 times the size of our ocean. Yeah. Like, did you see, um, I saw, I saw, um, I think it was NASA released some information, uh, it was either today or yesterday, that there is a cloud of gas has just been discovered in space that's twice the size of the Milky Way. Fuck. <laughs> Like I can't even comprehend the size of the Milky Way, let alone a cloud of gas—a cloud of gas that's twice the size of that. Yeah. Uh, how bad is that? We, me, and my friend uh, Doctor John, who is an actual doctor, um, yeah. we recorded an episode about the Fermi paradox and all about outer space and stuff. And I swear to God, I didn't sleep for like four nights after because <laughs> I was just thinking about how ultimately insignificant every single thing that i can even comprehend is in comparison to the uh, just this thing yeah. that we ah oh, man it blows my mind <laughs> i was just think i was just thinking actually when i was saying about i couldn't comprehend the size of uh the galaxy sometimes i look at clouds and wonder how big they are like <laughs> what am i on about <laughs> I can't figure out how tall a, a nearby hill is if I'm looking at it. <laughs> I don't figure out what two times the size of the Milky Way is. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a, like that means nothing to me. That statistic. It sounds big. I'm gonna guess it's big. If I but... see like a really tall guy sitting down on a bus, I will not know how tall he is when he's standing up. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot figure that shit out. That's just not gonna happen. Nah, not at all. Um. I should. I. I. I want to just recall. I. I believe I said this statistic at, on the very first episode of this podcast, and by very first I mean the second, because I just remembered actually. that the first one was actually the guilty pleasures one. Yeah. Um, but spiders and the the fact that you know the Black Widow is the most deadly yeah. spider. Yeah. Like I don't think anyone has even been bitten by a fucking Black Widow in the last, like, 20 years. There's, like, less than one deaths uh, in America due to spider bites, and it, and I think, it's, I think it's the exact same statistic in Australia, too. Um, yeah, yeah. If you want the actual one, go back and listen to episode two of yeah. the podcast. I feel like, yeah, there's not... I feel like that was the stat that was, like, there's not been a spider bite-related death in Australia since, like, 1987 or something like that. Yeah, I think... I, oh, that does sound eerily familiar. Yeah. So... Yeah. Basically, smoke all the cigarettes you want and bathe in spiders while you eat them in yeah. your sleep because. Yeah. And don't forget to toast them first. Yeah. <laughs> in the bath. <laughs> um, I think that's everything I've learned from this episode. Yeah, same. I definitely learned that I'm going to be taking up smoking again because I can afford <laughs> it now, so I have nothing else to worry <laughs> There's no other reason why you shouldn't. No, exactly. Um. <laughs> 
are, are we done? Do we, do we have any other little? Um, I think I think I'm out of fun facts. I think I'd I'd like to say this. Uh, Wikipedia mm. in the statistics section there is a bracket called misuse, and the main article is misuse of statistics. But it, <laughs> it gives a little bit um, of advice on what to do when you are presented with statistics, mm. uh, and particularly if you are skeptical of them. Uh, ask who says so. Does this person have an agenda? How do they know? How did they source these facts? And do they have the sources available to them? What's missing from these statistics? So have a look at it yourself. See if yeah. Adama Traore is the most exciting dribbler and find out is there anything else to add to that? Any end product whatsoever or any semblance of quality coming from the substitute of a team who just got relegated. Uh, did someone change... <laughs> Did someone change the subject? And does it make sense? Is their conclusion consistent with what you already know? And if you follow those five steps, you too will be an exciting dribbler. Do you get it? Because you step, <laughs> step dribbling is involves steps too. You get it. Ah. Ah. Oh dear. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just awful. Hey, fuck you, man. <laughs> Bluebirds blow their brains out on my shoulders while I have long evenings with Stephen Roger. Before I fall asleep, I always talk to my father's Lego skull. Last night I had an American feeling Up at the top of my moving staircase This is the place where I dream my dreams This is the place where I dream my dreams I was rocking back and forth Feeding on the fear, of course Wonder what I'm gonna do today Are these my jets? like to mix ladies' drinks with my fingers Are these my jets? Seems like every day somebody from college Comes by to tell me his life is in ruins I like to tell him my stories from college And how I was so lonely Are these my jets? Are these my jets?
ladies drinks with my gingers Are these my jets? Some people have, you got the luck. No, no, I'm fucking good. It's just like. Yeah, but the luck, the luck of like where where the flying placement of all the of all the enemies come in, like it's a, the luck of like every time you start the new game, because um, they're random. No, no, no. You, you, you get you get a, you don't have to you don't have to do that. You have to just, you hold that down and go like that. Just, no, you don't. You run you run out of like if you hold it down, you're gonna run you run no, out of like power. No, but you gotta you move. You, you gotta, gotta like. Shot. All right, I will in a second. 